This is John Beethan, your host for today's episode and the producer of AlternativeHealthTools.com, where together we share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. And this is episode 73, and it's titled Melody Owens Art, Fine Artist, Love is My Medium. And it's subtitled Every Child is an Artist Without Ever Having to Think About It. Melody Owens is captivated by the mystery and the beauty that make a person iconic and revered. And she goes on to say in her own words that art itself is healing. So my creative inspiration has led me on the path of becoming an energy healer and yoga teacher. In my current studio in Newport Beach, painting full-time and happily creating, I enjoy the occasional surf break to chase down a perfect glossy wave. We invite you to come by the show notes at alternativehealthtools.com and look up episode 73, or you can do a search for Melody because there's lots of links in this episode in the show notes. And there are several events coming up in July and also August here in Costa Mesa, California, that's 2017, that you may want to take a look at. And the show notes also include a link to her Instagram link and feed so that you can really get an idea how beautiful the art is that she creates. Hi, Melody. Hi. So glad you made it down here all the way from Costa Mesa, right? All the way from Costa Mesa. Yeah. So just a little background. Um, Melody and I met each other at a family constellation. Yes. And that was last year, wasn't it? That went by fast, yes. I, I think it was. It I think it, it was. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, your energy was great. And then when I found out you're an artist, I just wanted to get to know you because... There's been a few things in my life that uh, have pointed me to artists and art, and actually lived with a great artist for about 10 years. Oh, who's yeah. that? Her name is Stephanie, and we'll just, um, Stephanie Murphy. And one day I walked up to her, I'll tell this short story, okay. and then we'll make the rest of the podcast about you. <laughs> no worries, I want to hear stories. Okay, so um, we had a three, three double-sized car garage. And we were moved, for whatever reason, to take one and a half of them and turn it into an art studio. Now, Stephanie was working full-time, and she really had no time to use it, but we wanted to do it anyway, so we did. And then, um, well, a series of events happened and stuff. And one day I walked up to her and I just said, you know, I always known that some point in my life I wanted to do some art. Would you teach me? And she goes, uh, let me think about it. So she comes back two days later with this flyer. And she goes, hmm. I think we ought to do this. And I look down at it, and it's art therapy for six weeks. Did you do it? We signed up for six weeks, and we kept the whole thing going for a total of 18 months. Wow, that's a good commitment. Yeah, and it was like one of the best year and a halfs of my life. Oh. Because I thought, oh, I can't do art. But, you know, the woman, Sarah, had just graduated from the um, Santa Fe College of Holistic Healing, I think it was. And they had a oh, whole wow. thing in art therapy, and she was extremely gifted. 
and insightful and pretty darn crazy. Too. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And as you know, I work with Ashley Mazanik. Another, mm-hmm. she's an eco artist. So anyway, so I, I knew I wanted to spend some time with you, and I and so I thought, well, I'll probably have to just invite her on the podcast. That would get her down here. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I like these new titles. I've never heard of an eco-artist before. Oh, yeah, used, before so. Ashley? Yeah. So, well, actually, that's maybe a lie. There was one other friend of mine who calls herself an eco-artist as well. Mm-hmm. She was in a show that I curated that was last year all about love. And she is definitely looking about the environment and loving, so that's why she calls herself an eco-artist. Oh, nice. I want... What's the term if you want to just be all about love? A love revolution artist? Or no? Is there a, a yep. movement on that? As far yep. As art forms? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. But um, I think of a name. I think I've seen all, the, mm. all that imagery on your Instagram feed or maybe your website. About love? Yeah. The pictures. Uh, about from that love. Love Today show? Yes. Yes. That was yes. Love Today. That was show. it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Kate Ryan also curated that with me. I wanted to just make sure she's credited. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So just uh, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. was there a starting point for you as a child, or is this something you did a year ago? No. <laughs> no, no. If you looked at her art, you would know that's not true. No. It would have been really early on. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an extremely artistic family. I got very lucky that... My mom is an artist, and my dad is an artist in his own way. He's inventive and creative, and mm. he designed our house and all the architecture that we lived in and was always encouraging us to do whatever we wanted as far as creative expression, mm. painting, clay, sculpture, Christmas cards. He had us design our own Christmas cards. From nice. Him. So <laughs> he put us to work from a young age. <laughs> and uh, I got lucky with that, so... That's so you start. It was just the you know, support was there. You started. You started at the same time you were eating Wheaties, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever. And then, yeah, even my teachers encouraged. Mm. They saw the potential was there and, and mm. would just give me praise for it. Which, of course, as a young child, makes you want to keep going in that direction. So there was nothing else that I said when I was little. I always wanted to be an artist. So mm. it's great that. I got to follow that dream all the way through to fruition. Yeah. Were there certain points in the journey where you would make decisions consciously or unconsciously about directions you made? Yeah, there was a point right after high school where I was doubting that I could actually make it as a fine artist. So make I a living doing make it. Make a living doing it and mm-hmm. didn't want to be the stereotypical starving artist. So I thought the more safe career path in the artistic field would be to go graphic Mm -hmm. design. So Mm -hmm. I I went that direction consciously. And then about six years later, felt it was time to let that go completely. And do what? And just focus on painting and doing portraits and fine art and art that I wanted to paint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I told you earlier, it's like, you know, I sent Ashley your Instagram feed, and she was really impressed. Thanks. As I was. Yeah. So, in terms of healing, because mm. you and I originally really talked, it was really, I know from my own experience how healing art can can be. And for me, it was just briefly, the first piece was 
not only can I do it, I did do it. And it was simply a matter of getting myself out of the way. Then making the commitment. Six weeks turned into 18 months. Yeah, that's fantastic that you did that for yeah. yourself. Yeah. So I guess my art healing process was really mm-hmm. to get myself out of or lift myself up in my own confidence. I guess art definitely mm-hmm. was integral in my expression and my identity at mm-hmm. the time. So even when I was creating art on a level that I thought was really high, my thoughts of myself didn't match that. So in order to, I guess, align with my own artistic creation, is it was a healing process to overcome my own fears of creation and of the power and beauty that's possible through art. And so there was a point in time where I just wanted it to be so perfect, I didn't create very much. When I was doing graphic design work and I thought that I was being responsible and <laughs> trying to, <laughs> uh, in a different way, I was trying to be responsible for everyone else and it was really just, I needed to turn inward and have it come from within and have the art live within me first, I guess, before I was able to yeah. let it out. And so what did you experience through that? So it took quite a lot of hardship, actually, for me to turn inward. I went through a, a very trying period, in, but it was also extremely growth Mm. where I was in a relationship with another artist who was amazing and fantastic and very, in my opinion, sure of himself and confident. And and, and so that's what the attraction was initially. And, and then I, once that relationship ended and I realized that you can't get that from another person, I was trying to get that. Bingo. And so I had to get that for myself. And, and so that was not that long ago in 2008 when I really had was almost like pushed into this inward journey mm. where he was taken away mm. I mean, he left this life mm. and and it really just made me rethink my entire world and so it was really a blessing and traumatic at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah well it sounds like you took a lemon and turned it into a beautiful mm. lemon pie or something <laughs> Right? Yeah. 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 So art definitely was what got me through mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. period and has been like the only stable loving force through my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I you know, this is strictly my hallucination, but mm-hmm. I'm imagining when you're in a place of ununderstanding or some sort of challenge or something, where 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 do you go? Do you go somewhere different than art, like meditation and art, or meditation, oh, yeah. or a walk? Or Oh, it's definitely a process, too. Mm-hmm. It starts in your thinking, normally. Mm-hmm. When when you get upset, it's because of thoughts that are happening, often that turn into feelings that may come from external yeah. sources, but it's also reactionary and the fight-or-flight response, too. So how do you you first can tame your thoughts is definitely a process. So I like to go general about mm. whatever it is just to at least give myself that break of the pause to think of how to react first. And then if you can slow that down enough to meditate mm. or g- going in nature, the ocean is my meditation yeah. anywhere I can well, go. Given that we're so close, it's yes. 
I would go there often. Which which beach can you be found at if uh, you're okay with that? Oh, uh, that's totally fine. Newport Beach is the closest beach to me, and I, oh, yeah. I used to live right walking distance from there too. Oh, nice. So I'd walk there every day. It definitely has a special place. But Laguna Beach was the first beach that I ever came to upon moving here. From where? From I grew up in Utah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Whereabouts? Okay. In a little town called Orem. Oh, I know Orem. Oh, you do? Oh, sure. Yeah, like I told you, I traveled southwest yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> so I know Orem. Yes. And I have uh, family members, great-great-grandfather that homesteaded Blackfoot, Idaho. Oh, I lived in Idaho as well. Oh, Idaho did you? Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls. That's mm-hmm. beautiful there. It is beautiful. It was a difficult time in my life there, but <laughs> I could return and see the beauty now, I think, more. Yeah, yeah good. So art's always been there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so now it feels to me like um, it's not so much art therapy for you anymore, is it? So as far as like what I'm getting from art, yeah. are you asking? Yeah. I guess the the real essence of therapy, if you want to call it the therapeutic healing forces, that I think is it's creation on a deeper level just of thought creation, mm-hmm. which could be considered an art form. It's definitely mm. the the art of your life, how you're yeah, creating your life. So that's really taken a strong focus for me of how how to really create the most beautiful life as mm. well as the most beautiful paintings and mm. most beautiful relationships. Relationships, and, yeah. And everything that goes in that. So how to tie all that in in a it's really just boils down to love. Mm. That's the healing force that. Yeah, tell me about that installation. So, well, we did a interactive type art show last mm-hmm. year on February 11th. Actually, that was this year. This year, <laughs> yeah. See, this year, I'm we just skipping ahead, shifting. skipping ahead. But <laughs> also did a show last year on of our own love too. It's, a beautiful theme and we asked every artist that was in the show to elicit their own experience through a personal love artist statement mm. that went along with their artwork so it was a, a poetry and then when you entered the space you were invited to write down your own experience and nice. share that so that so was, did that run over a period of time? Or was it a, it was a month-long show. Oh, and nice. We are still working on the catalog, actually, to put together all of those statements. Really? So that we can where, can... where can it be seen or where experienced or... Uh, we'll put that up on our website with... The show is at Location 1980, so we'll put it up on Location 1980 as well as my... In Costa Mesa? Yes, as well as my personal art website, Melody Owens Art. I'll put that up there too yes and we'll definitely include it in the show notes as we say awesome perfect yeah 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 so what what are you working on now so now i am working on a new series that's all about water and boy how timely is that Mm. yes i've always had this obsession about water and it's just the most beautiful life-giving force that is the creation of life we're in the womb and water and yeah and so how how to express that and how that flow through all of the artworks that I create now is, is my new theme. I'm working to have a show, um, still thinking of the exact name, but it's going to be Women in Water, 
specific women in water women in water the as an archetype really mm-hmm. of the the motherly energies and the creation energies in water and within us all the the divine feminine I guess. Uh, you know i said this mm. is timely mm. so i i work in water mm. filtration and ionization oh, oh yeah Perfect. and immersus um up there on the wall is part of their mission, but it's really about water as a human right, not a privilege. Okay, so we met last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it now. We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. But um, what you're doing, somehow, some way, you have to get involved. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, because, you know. Anyway, water is really important right now. So it what do you is. think of the San Onofre? Oh, so I have friends who are have been really active in the political scene, which has been mm-hmm. fantastic that they've actually gone to the public hearings and meetings and stood up for that. There's, Oh, I don't even yeah. know how to, well, Charles and Nina mm-hmm. from public watchdogs. Oh yes. You were know. there at the meeting last night. Do you know Bob Pope? I yes. Met him once. Yeah. So yeah. He's my friend who, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, so, Circling back to mm-hmm. the art and the water. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, really? You got to keep me updated on this. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And there's even now more ways than ever, I think, to influence water. Water is really mm-hmm. as a completely open body where it can hold whatever form it takes, right? And so also our thoughts and things that we can put into it. So purification of the water is something that I'm really interested in too. And I recently met a new friend, uh, Sebastian and Lilith, who I do your rhythm with. We just went up to Mount Shasta and swam the most beautiful, clear healing waters up there. But he's working with a man, Frank, who found this, this sacred geometry form called the Chestahedron. And so he's created a whole, water filtration system to purify it through this heart-centered way, which is really exciting, too. You're going to have to tell me more about that. Yeah. So there's just so many things about water I could go on all day. Would you like some water? (laughs) I would love some water. Okay. Yes. Mm. Bless your water first. Mm -hmm. That's good. I blessed it while I poured it. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Sort of an old habit. Yes. Regarding food, serving Mm -hmm. anything food-related. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Sort of bless as you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so obviously, I'm getting a sense for what inspires you and stuff. But I want to, you know, part of what I want to do is mm. really talk about, you know, it's like if you're out there and you ever thought, like listening to this or watching this, if, and you ever thought um, you'd like to, you know, start doing some art. Mm. And um, after the first thing about getting rid of the voice that says you can't, yes, that's, then where does one start? There's so many places to start. I can share from experience though how yeah, sure. one of the best tools that really launched my creativity was the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. It's just yep. a fantastic workbook that anyone can do, even if you're not an artist, but it definitely opens you up to deeper levels of creativity just with having a structure that's already been proven 
to work for so many artists. I, that's I ha- a good I haven't starting. read it. I haven't read it. So it, it is a workbook. It is a workbook. And so it's one of those things. 12-week program. You, wow. Mm-hmm. You just do it every day, every week? Or? Yeah. You bring it into weekly chapters, but there's daily assignments and uh-huh. weekly things to do, tasks. Uh-huh. It's such a good program. I don't know how I could top that. Yeah. But then there's <laughs> there's definitely workshops that are great too. Mm-hmm. And just getting out there and trying it and just experimenting mm-hmm. and knowing that you can do it and that you can't make any mistakes with it is Yeah, that's really important. That's key. what I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um do you do any teaching or anything? I do. Oh, you do. Yes. Awesome. And I'm just starting quite a few new classes actually. It's quite exciting. I've had quite a few friends who are wanting to collaborate and teach as well. So we're starting a workshop this Saturday, our soonest one. And it's going to be intentional vibrational painting from the soul with Bach flower essences. Oh, wow. It's going to be at Location 1980, which is our art collective. So our art collective space is fantastic because we have workshops there all the time too. Mm -hmm. And a weekly figure drawing on Wednesdays that... I always go to. Mm-hmm. It's great to study the human figure, and and then so I'll be teaching more classes there as well. And I'm also working with um, Encompassing Arts, which is our collective vision is to have all different types of arts mm-hmm. and arts education. So one of and really appreciating art and teaching mm-hmm. people how to appreciate art by doing it, and also just by seeing it and viewing it. So we'll be doing group mural painting classes oh nice which will be fun and so there's social elements and a healing aspect for sure yeah you know team building yeah i told you i lived most of my adult life in santa fe Mm, so it's considered for those that don't know it's like one of the top five art centers in the world and uh yeah Georgia O'Keeffe spent, well, there's a Georgia O'Keeffe gallery there, and she spent a lot of time in Abiquiu outside of Santa Fe. Oh. And uh, actually, there's, if it's still there, the Gerald, I'm sure it is, the Gerald Peters Gallery mm. is actually the largest privately owned gallery in the world. Oh, it is? Yeah. So That's exciting. There's all that, very high profile, very expensive, and all the rest of it. But my favorite thing what? was when. Once a year after Halloween at the Day of the Dead, mm. that's when all the local and a lot of indigenous people open their houses. They do. Yes, they open their house and come in and all their art is displayed. And you would come in and you would have tea or coffee oh. or green chili chicken enchiladas or something like that. But that was the that was the context and the and the art that I just really, really loved. It was really great. Wow. Yeah. So that, that was... Beautiful. Yeah, because in other cultures, it's a part of their life. It's what they do. You know? Instead of drinking a beer and watching the game, right? Yeah, you open up your house and share yeah. artwork. That's fantastic yeah. celebration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe we can infuse that locally yes. too yeah. that's a beautiful thing to do so yeah. what day is the day of the dead exactly well i want to say it's november 2nd some maybe the first but it's the day after halloween typically right. you know and everyone's sort of toasted <laughs> you know at least they were in santa fe you know because it was you know, it was a lot of partying going on there but then it was a very very beautiful gentle time and mm-hmm. and the art therapy class i told you about we actually did a showing one year we just, you know, we just brought our stuff to a particular gallery that gave us some space there. 
So That's fun. It was very fun. Yeah. 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 The more art sharing, the better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so can you name a time in your life that was really defining for you, where everything changed? Oh, well, there's been a couple really big moments of change in my life. Mm. And the first one being the moment that I I met a man named Bart Webster who became my husband. Mm. And that was definitely life-changing because he showed me a type of artwork that just called to me that I mm. knew I was going to do and paint. And then he taught me that. So that, and then we had our tumultuous relationship journey and then when that ended that was the second really magnificent and poignant defining point where Mm. it was like a second chance of life Mm. so um, restart what was the what was what did he teach you what was the art form it's a process called liquid lead which is liquid lead liquid lead that's what he called it Mm. and the process is a combination of starting with charcoal and pencil first to draw and then using a liquefied um, emulsifier with airbrush mm. and acrylic that's erasable like pencil. So that's why it's like liquefied and do, to do medium layers and then build that up layer upon layer with a midtone and then highlights and darks to create things that look like photos. They look so real, the hyperrealism. That. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh, well, I'll show you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is any of that on the website or an Instagram? It is. Yeah. Okay. It's clearly labeled, so I can go search for it. It should be. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> yes, it should be. <laughs> if not, I will make sure that it will be. All right. Good. So once again, you and I met Helena, mm-hmm. Family Constellation. Yes. How did you meet him? work. Yeah. No kidding. My friend Tracy and I were there, and oh yeah, yeah. So. You know, boy, that was a day, huh? Mm-hmm. So, so how did you guys meet? And do you want to talk a little bit about Family Constellation? I'll yeah. probably have her on the show at some point. Yes. But obviously lovely. you're... Yeah, so we met about two years ago mm-hmm. doing a meditation call, a morning meditation call. Mm-hmm. And then with our circle of friends, we have quite a few like-minded people who live in the area, and we found out that we are very close and mm-hmm. then met up and then started collaborating and had very similar visions of what we wanted to create in the world and bring nice. in. And so she's the one who's going to be doing the workshop with me on Bach flower essences. She oh. also does Bach flower essence practicing. Uh, so consultations of what essences. Yeah. And she, things. she's been around. She has. Yeah. Lots of experience. Yeah. And the consultations, those are life-changing, too, the family right. constellation work. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't want to speak for my friend that was there, but I know it was impactful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you want to explain a little bit of what, what, it's, what it's all about? So family constellation work is really working with the energies and ancestry and things that are carried on generationally, energetically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. physically, but how they show up in your life you might not even recognize or or you might be experiencing something every single day that so to work with the the land and and the energies and the subtle field they call the knowing field is where she works 
that is able to really look at all of the places where you've been letting things or you haven't been giving them a place, the things you've been mm-hmm. ignoring or that. And people. And people, exactly. And people that, that just. Yeah, so if anybody out there can imagine what you're doing is you're, if you're the client, I don't mm-hmm. know what they call it, there's like, there's 20 people there. Actually, I think there was probably around 15 or 16 because I know my friend had a big family and they actually got them all up there, like 12 yeah. of them or 13. So, but they're, they're positioning. Yeah, so they act there's as spatial, representatives. Yeah, there's spatial positioning going on in a relationship to, her, to yourself and also to each other. Yeah, so that's what they call the constellation yeah. part. Yeah, so my experience as I got up was... You know, you're, you're to hold the energy of this briefly described person in the family dynamic, yeah. and I, I just, I, it just came to me, you know, and I held that space, and it seemed to be dead on. It is normally, yeah, yeah. It's and I think just that's there. La- yeah, and I think that's largely the way that um, Helena facilitated. That. Oh, definitely, she sets the space and, yeah. and holds that for everyone to. Just let that yeah. be there for them. Yeah. Too. So not being a client that gone through that experience, mm-hmm. but holding energy for someone else. I haven't really been a client. Have you? Mm-hmm. And what, without, well, what do you, what was your experience? Uh, my experience, it, it helps you to see yourself on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. If you're, cause it is a personal representation of you that is out there mm-hmm. and other people are feeling things and, showing you things that you're feeling. And so you have this connection with people that you've never met mm. as well, too, that you may never meet again. And and just knowing that they are going through the experience that you're going through, that in itself is, is an expression of love. And mm. you feel automatically connected because you know that they're, they're there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that's just amazing, just the whole process of that, let alone what can happen shifting-wise in the future that definitely occurs. So then it, it just opens the door for you to see things and really realize how mm-hmm. how you're in it with everyone and to be thankful for your life and yeah. what you want to do with it. In observing it, mm-hmm. my experience was that people got to experience and relate to family members mm-hmm. that they might normally not be able to do, whether th- because they had already passed mm-hmm. or for some reason there was no communication within the family. But I, that's what I witnessed. I witnessed a working out and expression and, you know. Yeah, I think one that, of the biggest things you get is that everything and everyone has their place. Yeah. And they're meant to be there. Yeah. So how is that informed your art has it had an influence on it that is a good question i i do feel like my art is evolving as i am as a human being mm. but also at the same time it's also getting more simplified just because the principles of are actually quite simple yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to be more complicated so i started trying with this ideal of perfection of what that is and having mm-hmm. it be exactly this perfected way of creating art so mm-hmm. now it's i have a much more open viewpoint of my art and of my process and it's much more becoming 
about my own process in creating the art mm. more even than the finished product. Although the finished product is going to be beautiful, but if I not enjoying i feel like it's definitely reflected in the process of how how one views it if it's just a reflection of the state of being you can relate to that oh this person created this out of anger and you feel that on an energetic level like i think even when you don't know it and some people might want that and buy that but i'm wanting to create artwork that really resonates with love and so to be in that space has been more and more of my focus and then the creation just comes it's more yeah of yeah once you get yourself in the right place mm-hmm. yeah so it's really just the fine tuning of that uh-huh. that has become the art process for me yeah. and so then to love my art more too and my myself in the process mm-hmm. of that art creation it's beautiful well it's thing. obvious you're doing it thank you yeah thanks no it's great so where would you like to be in even a year from now. Oh. And, and I'm not trying to take mm. us out of the moment. Yeah. Because I, more and more in my life, I'm just really wanting to be present. Yes. That but, is definitely. Yeah, it's really important. It is. And these little cell phone it's, things are not helping. No, no, no. That's, that's one of the best goals. Just being in the present is fantastic. But as far as what I visualize for the future, what, what I see is is myself being fully present and being fully embodied in love mm. and with everything in life and that my artwork will reflect that and that I can embody more people too somehow with mm. so I am also looking to expand my art even just from a physical level to create art with people and just more collaboration is what I see on a larger scale. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that mm-hmm. if you walked away and you were driving back home, you caught yourself saying, gosh, I wish I would have talked about this. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> well, about collaboration too, it mm-hmm. definitely can expand in a lot of different ways with, with the different people that I know in the classes mm-hmm. And what I really would like to create is this sense of community within an artistic realm where where you have artists who are able to come and do any number of practice that you want. So from the most just basic intuitive workshop that I will offer to a more in-depth painting technique class and all the way all the way to just being being in a community with like-minded people where it is a healing environment. So the holistic healing occurs without in a fun way where it doesn't feel like you have to go to the doctor too. I really want to infuse more lifestyle and organic, like moving towards a sustainable community where we have our own food and to just create something like that would it's really where I want to move. And we are going in that direction with the collective that I'm part of, which is exciting. Intentional community? Intentional community. And I'm hoping to grow that to with more like a And this new... Oh, I did want to just talk about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I good. mentioned it earlier with Eurythmy. is a whole other art form that I've just recently discovered. And how do you spell it? 
Eurythmy is E U R Y. Oh, it's hard for me to spell it without saying it. T H Y M Y. Eurythmy. Yeah. It's a art form that was the brainchild of Rudolf Steiner, who created the Waldorf schools. Sure, I know his work. But it's really all about sculpting space and the the movement and art creation of the body and the soul moving in unison. Yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't heard it before. Maybe I had, but... It's such a beautiful thing to yeah. watch and to do. So I feel like that is definitely affecting where I'm wanting to go with my art as well and just seeing how to form form the space even before it reaches the canvas. Inform the space. To form it. To form the mm-hmm. space before. Mm-hmm. So say a little bit more. I think I know where you're going, but I want to. Yeah, so really just to let the the creation and the idea and the energies come to me and then to really listen to what is the unique thing that I can bring to it. And like if I were a plant, for example, what is the fruit that I can bear out of this and to form that and like how and then put that into the canvas before it even gets there so to feel that i guess and the the forming of it is an inner yeah so it's just no i got deepening it of the love yeah yeah it's it's <laughs> yeah Every, everything you're talking about is more and more deepening working from the inside out yes yes and cultivating all that Yes, which is good, juicy love, <laughs> and then expressing it in everything you do. Yes, in every different way. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a lot in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> it is a lot. What a, yeah. So yeah, Rudolf Steiner. I lived on Orcas Island for a number of years, mm. and there was a Waldorf school and his school there. I mean, there was a lot going on with that. Orcas was a real special place. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty blessed to live in some great that places. Sounds- so what else melody yeah oh man so what what other passions do you have well there's a a deep passion to be in nature and Mm. that's a huge passion for all life of animals and really water (laughs) the water animals is what i'm really called to and and just swimming and being in in clear water. So I've really had this passion about dolphins and connecting with them too, just their joyful energy and working more with with that and the gifts that we have of of communicating too on a on a larger scale that that it's, I'm working with. It's exciting. So it's really just I'm excited about I guess exploring this inner world and and connecting with people in different ways. And one way is, is through hiking and just seeing the beauty and yeah, surfing. we just got back from Shasta. Yeah, I'm sure that was nice. Mount Shasta. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so beautiful. Is there three things you can think of hmm. that you think people need to know? Oh, wow. Just for... And it it could be one, but this is the first time I've asked for three. For three things that people should know. Three things. 
Okay. Well, the first thing that I that just comes to me number one that I think is the most important yeah in life is to know that you are your own source of love, and to, that it starts with with yourself, and that through feeling that then you can have all the happiness and manifestations or whatever else will come because you will have that bubbling up from within you, I guess. That is the most important thing that I feel like I have discovered and would have liked to have discovered earlier. <laughs> Although well, I did in a way but quite early. Let's just say I'm an ET mm. and I go, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to discover your own love? Yeah. And to feel your own love. Oh, wow. That, I don't know, because I can only say for myself, yes. other people might experience differently, is is really, a, as a sensation, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a bubbling and like a tingling excitement as far as how I, I feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and more outwardly, I guess, and... It's a hard thing to put into words sure. for me. But you can see, I can see it in your art. Oh, I would love to see it. How do you see it in my art? How, oh, what does that just, look like for you? It's vibrant and alive mm. and unbridled and um, just beautiful and gorgeous. And uh, yeah, it's not held back at all. Mm. That's how I experience it. What's number two? Oh, thanks. So, oh, well, I just want to go back really quickly before I go to number two. Because I thought once you were talking about the color, colors are something that just is a way that I experience love. It just seems... Colors. Colors. I don't know. Maybe that's why I like painting so much. (laughs) It just is the most beautiful thing. And it just, if you can feel the color, that's... Yeah. That's like a feeling of- you know, talking about color, my, yeah. my parents, my moved to California and my mother, when she was still alive, I said, I asked her, I said, you ever thought about living, you know, moving down to San Diego and we'd be closer and stuff. And she goes, no, I could never leave the thousand shades of green, wow. which is Oregon. <sighs> thousand shades. And it's true. It's a shout, a thousand shades of green. I think I read something about another language that has all the different uh, classifications of all the different shades of green, and then it allows you to see them better. Really, once you, yeah, if you label them and have the different words for them, you can see the subtleties better. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Now, had you, we're talking color. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we haven't got to two or three. That's fine. <laughs> I don't have to be anywhere until Saturday. No. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, mm-hmm. So, did you say you'd been to the desert, Santa Fe? And, uh, I haven't been. Okay, so only deserts in Utah. Okay, so maybe it's the same in Utah. I can't remember. Mm. I've been through Utah several times, lots of time actually. Is that when I first moved to Santa Fe? Um, you know, I saw the desert, and it was just like, oh God, it's just brown. You know, brown. <laughs> and then people said, ah, just wait for the monsoons. I go, okay. Anyway, so. In August, actually before August, we started getting these monsoons. Mm. 30 minutes. I mean, the sky's going to be absolutely clear. And all of a sudden, clouds roll in, 30 minutes of rain. Clouds go away. Rain stops, of course. And, and, and then the desert absolutely explodes in color. Oh, 
I don't know that I've experienced that explosion. No, it's, it's an, it was an explosion. That's how I experienced it. Wow. And then it woke me up to realizing that the color was actually always there. Mm. It was always there. I just, you know, I wasn't sensitive to the palette, really. It, it You know, because I was, you know, I came from Orcas Island at that point, Thousand Shades of Green. So it's a completely different palette. Mm. Well, so I think that actually brings us to number two, or you've sparked it in me, that I really think is important is how you see the world is Uh, mm. through the lens that you choose to put on. So Mm -hmm. you could put on whatever color that you want to see, or you can try and take off all of the lenses and then try and get to the original source of whatever that is. But there's so many different ones that you can try on and... So I you, like my rose love colored glasses. I do. Life through rose like, no. colored glasses. <laughs> Not saying that you need to be like yeah. only that. But, so you're saying yeah. you can actually choose the color, that the you lens. See, the lens. And the you, lens you look, you perceive life through. Yeah, and to a sense that does change the colors that you see uh-huh. physically too. Uh-huh. That will affect that. The monitor here went blank. I don't know what's going oh, on. No. And I... I have I been really excited to see colors that I've never seen before, actually, in my experience. That that colors colors that you've never seen before? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, just in my... I don't know that everyone sees them, but they're, they're just very bright. So now, whenever I see shadows or darkness, uh-huh. it's not... It's not the same color, and the colors constantly shifting and changing to these interesting patterns of of neon colors actually making up this dark color. Um, what I see, it's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I am going to turn around Facebook mm. Live. Bianca's Bianca's like still here, so she's asking children and art. Oh, children and art. Is that what you is that what you wanted, Bianca? To talk about the formation yeah. of children and art well it's definitely every artist i think is a child and er, every child is an artist mm. and without having to think without about having it. to think about it yes they naturally have those creativity urges and expression that flows through them mm-hmm. until they have something happen that they decide not to and so to develop that further, I think is is really just to allow allow them to stay in that state of play longer, and mm-hmm. to to really try and combat the the pressures that we all have with society that get starting to put on about things having to be a certain way, yeah. and not that you want to shelter your kids from that because then that's almost like. So how do you give them the freedom while being in this environment that they can do that and then still teach them to grow up? That's an art form in itself. I think that's an interesting question, though, as far as how to cultivate that creativity in a longer way with children. Just to recognize that, I guess. that it- I would imagine if the whole family is taking a period of time, like at night, Mm-hmm. Or on a Friday night, or you know, and everyone just stops, and it's like, you know, it like it used to be when I was quote unquote a kid. I'm not so sure that was too long ago, but is that on Sundays it was like 
sit around the tube and watch Disneyland or Disney, right? Oh. So it's like, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Go on. Yeah, go ahead. No, but so that became family time and sacred time, and we all learned because it was always about nature and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, but that's watching it too. What I'm talking about is like, okay, this is our time to do X. Yeah. So to allow the playtime where mm-hmm. they have no electronics and not the overstimulation of so much TV and yeah, I feel like really does cultivate the them to listen to their own inner and see outwardly versus having being bombarded and mm-hmm. starting to shut down a little bit because they get overwhelmed with their senses. So to really have it more quiet and still then you can start building up those subtle senses from a younger age i was lucky actually that i didn't realize i was lucky at the time to not have a lot of tv my parents didn't have a tv they didn't allow us to and um although i did go and binge watch with some friends so i don't know that banning is the so but just education i guess that yeah of what a healthy amount of time is so that you don't get so addicted to all of the technology and outsource. Yeah. One of the healthiest thing I ever did was unplug my cable. And that was way over 10 years ago. And it was, I just unplugged from influences that were not my creativity, were not my choice in a sense. You know, I mean, you might be watching some series but when you're bombarded with advertising and everything it's it's just not cool. So, yes, I have a screen in the other room, but it's for documentaries and things of interest like that. So, was that number 2? Well, number 2 it was the lens, seeing the lens that you okay. you look out of. Uh we could make number 3 maybe just uh listening to and connecting to that that smaller voice inside of yourself mm-hmm. or that stillness just finding that place of connection with the earth or with source or with whatever you believe in that is finding that connection is definitely mm-hmm. the simplest way i know given where we live and you know, there's been a lot of focus oh we live on the coast and we have mm-hmm. the ocean and stuff but it, you know this thing goes to 105 countries which is take your shoes off the grounding grounding mm-hmm. have you do you know about grounding mm-hmm. What do you? What can you tell these people? Educate these people about grounding. Ah, well, there's definitely the visceral like joy of just having your feet be supported by soft grass, and you feel yeah. it, and sand. You can definitely feel it mm-hmm. with your physical feet and vibrationally. I think it's a it's a big difference from standing on layers and layers and layers of concrete you can yeah and rubber sole shoes you can definitely i mean you're insulated from the earth yeah which i think is i think is a i think is a part of the consciousness of our society is being isolated from the earth it's it's definitely something that you want to consciously connect to more is is that source of and that that knowledge you can do that physically but even even yeah the best way obviously is to mm-hmm. be physically on the ground or the ocean or or the sand or the dirt just anything that is physical earth mm-hmm. then you get all the nutrients naturally and it comes up there is meditations and things mm-hmm. that you can do to visualize that and still be grounded and mm-hmm. that find that connection i actually want to recognize mm-hmm. a really great old friend of mine okay. rick canton 
He's an he's an amazing guitar designer and builder oh, in Santa Fe. I love we haven't music. talked for years. Yeah, we love music. So Bianca is asking, so um mm-hmm. so how did art play into your childhood? I think we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but why don't you just uh let us know again for those people that are Yes, we yeah, it definitely was a huge role in my childhood in that I was surrounded by a family who shared the common interests and explored with me. And mm-hmm. so I I had this social aspect from a very young age where it was a, what we did for fun. So it made it really fun and playful that I got to experience that for and continue that. And so then I was always looking for my artist family and expanding my artist family. And um, it affected me probably the most um, where I recognized that I'm trying to think like the earliest age mm-hmm. that I had an experience where it was like this art is, is moving to me in some way. And there were so many small things that I don't know that there's one actual main big one but i know that for me it was really about the connection with my family and creating this um this fun together so i I made a little drawing club and when my you made a drawing club drawing club which is pretty funny that we had a little clubhouse and i made them commit to drawing five drawings a week to be in our club. (laughs) 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 It's just a fun thing. That's great. That's great. So we were talking. uh, Okay. Hopefully Bianca then answered your question, but you know how I became activated mm -hmm. with my love and appreciation and passion for music. Yes. Because music's been the common thread throughout my whole life. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I've played lots of different instruments, managed band singers, did gigs, concerts, blah, blah, blah. Is that at the age of three, I am told by my mother, mm-hmm. who passed away, but you know, before she passed away, I got to spend some great time with her and ask her questions that I knew I wouldn't have a chance to ask at a certain time. We were very close. But she said, yeah, I used to... At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, you'd sit in front of the TV and cry. And I go, cry? He says, yeah, you seemed happy, but you were crying. I go, what was I watching? She said, Liberace, the pianist. Wow. Yeah. So it was just, that was an activating moment for me. So for you, you didn't really have an activating moment. It was just, it was just. I guess. You what? It was just continually. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You probably, you know, you you popped out and grabbed a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> was that it, or, uh, or they stuck one in your hand? Don't don't hold my finger. Here's a paintbrush. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I wish I remember the first time that I held one. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember. It might have been that early. No, <laughs> painting with my food, maybe. Who knows? So we got one, two, three done. Uh, did we do three? Let's do three. Okay, I don't know. Oh, we did do three. Yes, three was connecting. The connection that yeah. So for those folks out there that wonder what the heck's going on, this is sort of we're just surfing here, which yeah. is what I prefer to do anyway. Not much into a structured podcast. I do ask some questions based on what my intuition informs me to ask. So anything else you want to cover before we wow. wind up? This has been really fun. It is fun, huh? Yeah. Now you know why I do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh there's so much, but I'm drawing a blank right now. So it's 
all right. Do you have any other questions that you are thinking? Mm. I like to. Not really. I would love to explore the the connection between art and music that you see. I've always been fascinated by that. My name being Melody, I always wanted yeah. to be a musician, and then I still like I haven't really fulfilled on that path personally. Well, not too long ago, we had an episode with uh, Jessica Louis Brand, mm-hmm. and uh, the name of the I don't remember the number, but it's titled um, Biofieldback. A biofield tuning oh. with tuning forks, and she came to the studio and she brought her tuning forks. And uh, but then just last weekend before, I did a tuning session with her for an hour. So there was a connection there in music, and there was a period in my life, and we'll have to save it for another show. But okay. where I studied vibration and music, so there was a woman that wrote a book. Or I, her, I think her name was Helene Corrine. I don't. Um, Anyway, she was a big inspiration when I was studying metaphysics on Orcas Island when I lived there for seven years. And also, I studied the works of Wagner. Wagner? Wagner was a German composer, um, best known in, um, oh, what were one of those war f- films, uh, Flight of the Valkyries. Mm. Uh, Platoon, I think, was the film. Oh, yeah. Da 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 da. Okay, so. I started studying him because I was reading a biography on him, and towards the end of his life, he was writing operas. Oh. And most everything he did was opera. But at the end of his life, he was writing a color opera. Oh. And it was designed to be, the set was basically different colored silk. That's all the set was. Formed, of course, in, in different ways. So anyway, it never got completed. So mm. I had this real fascination for bi- vibration in music and then, you know, studied the music. And, you know, I have an electric keyboard, but it's not the same as an acoustic keyboard. The vibration is different. Mm. The difference between, like, um, vinyl records and CDs. It's yes. just a whole different experience. Different quality. Yeah. Yeah, or just texture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything, you know, is energy. Everything has a vibration. From a metaphysical point of view, this a little bit. Melody, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Yeah, it's great. And I would love to do this again. Thank you. Because now you're a little more comfortable, so (laughs) am I. And we could probably get, you could probably bring in another guest. Yeah. Your partner. We never talked about Tracy. Yes, Tracy. So she is working with me in encompassing arts to. Uh To create the mural painting classes, awesome, and and really do team building, and along with that too, we're also wanting to offer art to corporations or just anyone who wants to see and experience art in a different way. Mm-hmm. With all the different ways that you can do that, and appreciate those. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, thanks for being here. Thank you. Alternative Health Tools Podcast. <laughs>